lights, camera, action. This is the Red Carpet Podcast with your hosts, Luke Anderson and Dane Salmons. Hello again. Welcome back to the Red Carpet Podcast. I am Dane Salmons and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Luke Anderson. Hey. Hi. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi, Luke. How's it Hi. going? It's going great. Can we cancel the podcast? I don't want to talk about this movie today. <laughs> no way, man. This, <laughs> if if I have to do it, you have to do it with me. Bro. We are talking about Gemini Man. Unfortunately, this is going to be a blast. A real blast. You're really burying the lead as far as how much, what we feel about this movie. Yeah. You're really hiding it. You're really keeping it a secret, keeping them in suspense. Keeping them in suspense. Whatever could we think about this movie? Who can say? It's a 10 out of 10, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're going to be talking about Gemini Man, but we do have a few things we want to talk about first. Just a couple uh, stories that we found. We're recording a little bit earlier than usual, so mm-hmm. the stories haven't like all come in yeah. like they usually do. But we have a few things that like just in the little time between the two recordings totally. that like popped out and like stood out to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let me look at where we want to start. Um, well, let's start with this because we were talking about this earlier, and I think it's something that. Um, both caught our attention because we mentioned this as we were going to the movie to see Gemini Man just briefly, um, yes. talking about Zombieland Double Tap. Yeah. So the reviews for the Zombieland sequel that has been long anticipated, mm-hmm. long delayed, delayed, probably delayed. Yeah. Who knows? Well, I don't know. If I think delayed. it's just long anticipated. At this point. Long yeah. anticipated. I don't think it has a very storied production, which is probably a good thing. Yeah. Not a long production, but always like start, stop, like, oh, yeah, we want to do a sequel and then nothing happened. I think they were yeah. going to do a TV series at one point that yep. like fell through. Yeah, it. I am very excited for this movie. Um, I mean, so the reviews came out and they're, mm-hmm. they're like, like they're pretty positive, which is really nice. Uh, I think I was tentatively excited because I don't I don't think from what I've seen from that director, uh, I I always felt like Zombieland was a bit of a flash in the pan. Uh, great movie. I loved that movie. Uh, like loved it. Watched it like two times in like two days. And that was just, I first saw it like six months ago. Um, but I saw Venom and I saw the other movies that he's worked on. And I was like, I don't. Wait, hold on. That, did, that didn't sink into me because I've not. Let me looked up. Has he? Did he do Venom? Let me make sure that I'm not insane. But I'm pre- he. I all I know is I looked at it and said, "Oh, he hasn't made a single other good movie." I knew that. Um, I couldn't tell you what else he did, but I know I've looked his stuff up and yeah. been like, "Wow, that's it's, that's really bad. That's really terrible." Yeah. Let, let's see. If here. he did Venom, well, because it Zombieland was always something where his uh, it 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 always felt to me like it was this close to being awful. And like, because there's so many decisions it could have made. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't wrong. Venom, uh, Gangster Squad. What the heck is Gangster Squad? Came out in 2013. Huh? Uh huh. Anyways, it, not a lot of good stuff from him since, but whatever. I mean, the point of the story is that the reviews for Zombie yes, are good. came <laughs> yeah. out. And usually, like, when a movie like this comes out from a director that was very much like a one hit wonder. Yeah. And, from a movie that's been like 10 plus years um, in the making, like a 10 plus years in between the sequel, typically you can expect um, 
you can expect it to not be great. Right. And so the reviews have come in and they are surprisingly positive. Yeah. 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 I, it makes me happy. I mean, the cast is there, right? Like they have the same cast back and I mean, they have that incredible first trailer where it's just going through the accolades of all the actors and actresses. And it's like, all right, like these people have some clout now. Like, can this director still handle these folks? And it looks like they can. It looks like they embody the character well. It looks like more of the same from what I hear, but that sounds yeah. good to me. Do you have like the link to some of the reviews, like some of the ratings and comments from the movie? Yeah, let me... Because um, there's the review thread on Reddit. Can you read? Like, can you pull that up and read I'll, just a little bit I of was going to pull up... Uh, Kind of Rotten Tomatoes has good synopsis usually of yeah. some of the uh, some of the reviews here. Pull those up and just read a few for us. You bet. Let's see, just to get kind of a gist yeah. of what people are saying. Okay, we have. Um. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. I'll start with one that is genuinely positive. Um. Zombieland, uh, this is from uh, Mike LaSalle, Mick LaSalle, excuse me, at the San Francisco Chronicle. Zombieland Double Tap is pure fun and worth seeing if you want to laugh. That, sure. Uh, sorry, it's just that that is just the most sentence sentence. Okay. Uh, and then from A.O. Scott at the New York Times, uh, Zombieland Double Tap sets the bar low and steps easily over it, which makes it better than a lot of recent big screen comedies. Oh, man. Uh, and then finally, heroically, Double Tap's new actors, rare though they are, save it from being completely brain dead. Jeez. So uh, it's a sequel without equal in the annals of Zomcom the, the cinema. What? Okay. That is a sentence that was said, <laughs> but I don't want to, I don't we think can, I could keep reading. I mean, this is like my favorite thing to do is just reading some, some of these one sentence, these one liners are hilarious, but anyways, but the percentage is genuinely, generally positive. And even that it seems like, Hey, look, it's a good movie. Just go and expecting Zombieland. Yeah. yeah. And that's not a problem. No, like, I'm here for that. It's I'm, been long I'm here for that. Like, as long as it's not like an absolute embarrassment and tarnishing the legacy of Zombieland, I'm totally fine with a movie that's just more of the same, but like good more of the same. Yeah. You know? I think we're going to talk later about a movie that might tarnish the legacy of a something that's worth tarnish or that's potentially being tarnished. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. We'll Anyways. get to that in a little bit, but just a few other things just real quickly. Um, so Matt Reeves, the Batman, has cast their Catwoman for this film. Um, and their Catwoman is Zoe Kravitz, mm -hmm. who has been in the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them series. And she was also in Mad Max Fury Road. Um, yeah. It, yeah, if you remember her, she was uh -huh. the... Uh, I do. She was the bride that like yep. was really good with guns and like changing out the guns. So yeah. like things like that, you know, where it's just like... Those little things, like, I don't know much about her, but what I've seen, I, I like her a lot. And so, yeah, and I, I can't tell you exactly what, but I hear that she went up against some stiff competition in yeah. the auditioning process. I heard that too. I, I don't remember who it was, but, um, but yeah, it sounds like she had competition and she must have had a killer audition. Yeah, definitely. And I'm, so I'm excited for that. I mean, hey, like, I think she'll, she looks like, she looks like she'll make a fantastic uh, Catwoman. And yeah. so I'm looking from, forward. From what I've seen in her performances, I agree. Yeah. yeah. So there's not really much to say, but I'm just excited at how the bat, the Batman is like kind of taking shape. Yeah. 
I, I think that um, these cast, I mean, we'll, we'll have to see how it pans out, but so far the casting decisions have all seemed top notch. Uh, it's Matt Reeves, who I was bored the other day. I was like, I, I should just look at other movies he's done. And he's made some of my favorite movies of the past few years. Just a brilliant visual storyteller. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really excited to. Oh gosh, you're right. The Planet of the Ape movies. Yeah. Um, Cloverfield. Yeah. You're not wrong. He's done no. some incredible stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I he and and I think his stuff has only gotten better over time. Um, yeah. So. Well, I just this is breaking news. I'm about to read right oh, now. Okay. I just looked it up. Breaking news on our podcast. Um, <laughs> Jonah Hill passes on Matt Reeves the Batman. <laughs> so what Jonah, was he going to play? I don't know, but like. Huh. Okay, so there were stories going around that Jonah Hill was being looked at, like kind of being eyed to join Matt Reeves the Batman. And apparently he's kind of passed and is no longer in talks to join. Um, he could which, be a good mobster guy. Anyway, yeah, sorry, I'm just... You're thinking the Penguin. <laughs> sure, I mean, not just that. Okay. Like, but, but like, and, it was yeah. a joke. There was a <laughs> meme years ago when Batman versus Superman was first like coming to be a thing and Jesse Eisenberg was cast as Uh um, to play Lex Luger. And someone made like a low effort meme of like Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luger, Lex Luthor. Yes, you got it. Lex Luger is is a wrestler. (laughs) (laughs) Gonna get you in the torture rack. (laughs) Lex Luthor. And, um, and it was a meme where it was Jesse Eisenberg is Lex Luthor. And then behind him, it was um, it was captioned like, um, they have to do one last job before they go to the... They have, okay. to, get, they have to do one last crime before high school or whatever. Something <laughs> okay. like that. Okay, and that's it was, good. And it was yeah. um, All right. Jesse Eisenberg is Lex Luthor. Jonah Hill is the Penguin. And Michael Cera as the Joker. And we're now one step closer to having that meme be, we were one step closer to having that meme be a reality if like they were trying to cast jonah hill as penguin or something so have you seen jonah hill in maniac i haven't i've seen jonah hill and other things that i really enjoyed yeah him. so it's he, more like just a joke but i really yeah. enjoyed jonah hill as an actor yeah. anyways it doesn't it turns out it doesn't matter because it sounds like he's he turn, gone turned down whatever he, he just dipped he dipped out interesting no batman batman is no more <laughs> yeah he was going to be uh yeah what, what if he was going to play the Penguin? Are they just doing, like, a replay of which movie was it? It was one of Michael Keaton's movies where it was um, Michael Keaton, Batman, then the Michael Keaton, Batman. Batman Returns, I think, where it was Danny DeVito as the Penguin and Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. It's like, were they just going to do a replay of that? Right. It was, you never know. You never know. Uh, but, well... Cool. Whatever. Yeah, that that is what it is. That will I look forward to uh, to seeing more about that movie. Yeah, I, I really want to see more about that movie. Yeah, yep. another movie that caught our attention. Just to talk about this yep. briefly, um, at least it's caught my attention mm-hmm. for better or for worse. Doctor Sleep, right? A yeah. few of the posters have come out for Doctor Sleep recently. Mm-hmm. I think the posters look fantastic, but they're these posters. And the trailer and everything about this movie is hitting really hard. The idea that this is a direct sequel to Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Like, this is not just another doctor. Um, doctor. I'm having a flippant aneurysm. This is not a Stephen King 
adaption. This is a sequel to Stanley Kubrick's movie. Yeah. Which, for better or for worse, that's uh, definitely difficult. So, and plus, one thing that it's been going around recently, this is like the big story of this movie right now. The movie is two hours and 33 minutes, which is longer than Stanley Kubrick's The Shining one at shining was and is being presented as such because not by much because the shining's runtime was two hours 26 minutes oh okay but it's like it's trying to say like we're even longer so were they advertising it as that i'm not sure if they were touting it themselves if if they're out here touting an extra 11 minutes on their movie that's or if it's the media trying to be like it's even longer than the shining and yeah "Mm." Whatever that, 11 minutes. And also, it's like, when did runtime matter? Like, I don't know. I, I don't really think of runtime ever as being indicative of anything. No, it does Yeah, it but if, if any sort of site or anything is peddling that as being any sort of indication about what they're trying to create, I, I don't know. With that being said, uh, I am not remarkably positive on this movie. Only, I, mean, I I'm not, am. I'm looking forward to seeing what it is. I am. I am excited. That's cool. Have you seen what Mike Flanagan has done? No, I should have. So Mike Flanagan is the director of this movie. And these are, he does pretty much entirely like horror projects. What what other stuff has he done? He did Oculus was his first big movie. Okay. Which for some reason has a really low user score, which I thought it was fine. Probably was like, had a girl as a main character or something. Anyways. It did. (laughs) Go on. (laughs) I was trying to make fun of the way that. Look, no, let me let me clarify. A, a wonderful thing that happens with user reviews is that people are like get super pissy anytime something has like an empowered female in it or something or and they're like that's a Mary Sue and they go in there and they yell mm. yeah. and it's just ridiculous. Well, Anyways, that might not be the case. I just might not. I'll have to look that up later. Okay. Um he did Hush, which is one that has been on my watch list for a long time. Okay. Um, which is about a deaf girl who is trying to fight off a home invader. Oh, I right. really, it's on Netflix. I've been meaning to watch that. He did Ouija origin of evil. The good Ouija movie, <laughs> the good Ouija okay. movie. Cause the first Ouija movie was a meme. This is the good Ouija movie. If you told me two years ago, there's going to be a guy and he's going to direct a movie called Ouija origin of evil. And that man will make the sequel to the shining. I would. So he funny. also did Before I Wake, which I believe is another Netflix film. Okay. And most interestingly, another Stephen King adaption, Gerald's Game, which was a Netflix movie. I haven't seen any of those. Gerald's Game is a really tough movie to adapt because the whole plot of the movie is that a husband and wife that have been married for a very long time try to spice up their love life by bringing handcuffs into the into their um, into the bedroom. So the husband cuffs the woman to the bed to for some fun time. Stop looking at the camera. Stop that. This is serious discussion right now. Go on. Stop it, pervert. He he he. he so he handcuffs, keep telling me what's hand, going on. So he handcuffs his wife to try and spice things up. The wife's like, I don't want to do this anymore. They get in a fight. Husband has a heart attack and dies, and she's now trapped in the house, handcuffed with no way to escape. And that's the plot of the movie as she starts to have like a psychotic break, like okay. being trapped there okay. for like days yeah, on that sounds end all right. with no food yeah. or water. And even with like 
stray dogs like wandering into the movie. You have to watch it to understand. Yeah, I this sounds that sounds cool. That's a cool idea. It's a tough movie. I guess especially because of like. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say it's tough because of that, like you know, kind of plot. But it was very well done. They succeeded, I think, yeah. in doing that. And so for that reason, do I think Doctor Sleep is going to be a fantastic movie? I'm not sure yet. I'm yeah. questionable. I right now, if I had to guess, I'm gonna put it somewhere in the low 60s. Mm. Like I could at, see at its final metal meta score or high 50s. Yeah. If I had to guess. Yep. But I, yeah, I think that's fair. I I think for me, what it was, I, it was when I was on Twitter, this happened a few, uh, month or two back. I was on Twitter and the trailer for Dr. Sleep had just come out and I just see this trailer across my Twitter feed, just like this Twitter promoted tweet about Dr. Sleep, the sequel to the shining and something about looking down at 4am at my phone scrolling through Twitter, seeing a sequel to The Shining as a promoted tweet, like seeing that as like something like an ad campaign. It just, I guess here's the thing is when I think of what a sequel to The Shining looks like, and I, I don't mean this in terms of the actual visuals, I mean this in terms of the the craft behind it. To me, it feels like uh, like The Lighthouse, like that kind of, like a little bit more art housey. Like yeah. that's kind of more what I'm expect, what I was hoping for. And, and so it feels, I mean, let alone... I think straight up making a sequel to The Shining is like saying you're making a sequel to like another class, like, like to like, Citizen I, Kane. I, uh, yeah, exactly. I was going to say you're making the sequel to Citizen Kane. That was Kane. the joke I made when I saw that was like, oh yeah, Citizen Kane 2 is like, I'm going to be scrolling through my Twitter feed in two years and I'm going to see Citizen Kane 2 Electric Boogaloo mm-hmm. and I'm going to be like, all right, here we are, you know. Especially because it's taken the work of a director who, first of all, according to some people, he butchered the source material in the first place, but managed to create one of the greatest horror movies of all time. And now the director is deceased, and you are now coming in and saying, we're not going to do um, Dr. Sleep as just like a book movie. We're going to make a sequel to Stanley Kubrick's movie. And it's like, the guy's dead, and you're making a sequel to his like also, masterpiece. If, if you are trying, if you present your movie like that, I... I don't. I hope the reviews are able to not to not to see past that and just see the movie for what it is. Mm-hmm. Because me going in to see that movie, it's, I'm already disappointed. It's <laughs> like, be, it is. Like, you have you already set up people for yeah, disappointment. Exactly. So I feel like because Mike Flanagan, at least from what I see, hasn't done a lot of big projects, right. and this this is probably his biggest project of so course. far. Yeah. And I feel like. I don't know if it's Mike himself or if it's just like a different marketing team. They have set people up for disappointment yeah, in yeah. this movie. For, well, we'll even see. if it's yeah, a great yeah. film, they're you're setting right, people right. up for I hope it's good. I really hope it's good. That'd I be feel, cool. I really hope so. Because at this point, to not like make your audience mad, it would need to be a movie that is somehow better than The Shining. It's just not going to... It's not going to happen. <laughs> like, like who, I, 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 you know what? Okay, here's the thing. If I am on record saying that Doctor Sleep is not going to be a better movie than The Shining, and it's a better movie than The Shining, great. But yeah. let me tell you, it's not going to be a better movie than The Shining. It's gonna be a better movie okay. Than the Shining. So with that, speaking of horror movies, uh, the Like a Boss trailer. <laughs> okay. 
I was wondering where you're going with that one. Speaking of horror movies, the like a boss trip. So this is a this you know this right here. This this might as well be an exclusive for the Red Carpet Podcast because I I think we might be the only people in the world talking about this movie. Um, but last night, last evening, when we saw Gemini Man, Gemini Man, uh, we had the wonderful opportunity of a trailer gracing our eyes for a film called Like a Boss. And do you have do you happen to find any extra information about that movie? I didn't dare. Okay. I didn't dare look up. So any it, extra it seems to be it is a I, the way I described it, well the way that I will describe it is it looks like a somebody made him well it's one of those movies for like middle-aged women who are having their like friday wine night and like want to go out for a movie like that's the way i saw it is it's like the movie starts with like i don't know it i don't even know what to say it just oh you're are you are you finding some info about this movie i found that it's directed by miguel arteta artita he's a puerto rican director he did in 2002 a movie called the good girl What's the, okay. Yeah, What's that's a, a all that's, right. I this I I was gonna describe it as this. I was gonna describe it as it looks like if you took one of those movies made for like middle aged women who are just like going out. They're like, we're gonna go catch a matinee, and you know, but then they go and it is directed by someone who is like kind of sexist. Like the, it it there were like two four jokes about breast sizes. In that trailer, <laughs> like it was just weird. I don't know. I I don't want to come off as as being like uh, an a okay. hole or saying this type of movie doesn't have value. But at least watching the trailer was like yikes. Okay, I know one movie he's done. Okay, he did Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. Ah, uh, no, with the the Steve Carell movie. Is I am I just. Do I just know movies now? Just know random crap? Like a Boss. That, like a Boss. Like a Boss was the trailer that we saw. The movie doesn't look great. Uh, it looked very bad. It made a very bad impression. Like at one point, I think I literally was yes. was doing this because I like just freaking, it, it's bad. I looked it's at bad. you. I just looked at you in disbelief. I couldn't <laughs> I thought so I, bad. I thought like so there was something in the popcorn. It was the second time that they made the same comment about the same woman's breasts. Yeah, they made like I, four breast jokes about but, this girl's And it was job. one, but it wasn't like all at once. It wasn't a bit. It was just like different scenes in the movie. Yeah. And spread throughout the trailer. And I'm like... So you already know this character's entire... This person's entire character is that she had a boob job. That is her entire character... Her entire personality is based around her breast size. I again, it's a trailer. Hope you know movies come out like this all the time, and it's like, oh, it was actually really good, and they were just saving it. But like, I, I want to look at it. I want to look at this guy's <laughs> meta score. <laughs> Hi, um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I guess uh, I don't really have anything to say about this movie other than yeah, that it made it was just such quite the impression. Go, all it was go watch was the that, trailer of that movie. All all I could say was that. It really it it started our evening off fantastically on a perfect note. It was just the perfect. Apparently, he's done some really good um, TV stuff. Okay, but movies, I don't know. Anyway, I just wanted to bring that up because it was the perfect start to our evening that night. Yes, Gemini Man. 
Gemini man. Where do we even begin? I don't here. I'll start with this because there's another story that kind of segues into Gemini man. Um, let's start with this topic. The sound design of this movie was God awful. Holy crap. I thought my eardrums were going to explode during some of these action scenes. Not even the action scenes. I, 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 I've never felt more uncomfortable watching, like physically uncomfortable watching a movie because of how loud it was. Um, there was a portion where you have the, the scene and it is the ocean and you have a plane that goes like this and it's a relaxed Mediterranean ocean. You know, it's it, nothing intense is happening. It is so loud that both you and I just freaking plugged our ears because it was so loud. And it, I wanted them to stop shooting guns in these fights because every time, like, it wasn't, um, I, I think sometimes loudness gets conflated with the idea of impactfulness in sound. These were not impactful gun, gun sounds. They were violently loud, and a lot of it was that way, except for when they're talking, and occasionally when they're talking, you can't even hear what they're saying. And this is in a theater where everything is cranked up. It was just like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how it came out that way. It, it was awful it was awful but the technical issues in this movie i think are like 90 percent of the problems with the yeah movie. it wow. was um the guardian has a story out where actor hugh grant claims that deafening cinema sound is ruining films and if there is not a better testament of that statement this movie is it because i literally during multiple scenes had to cover my ears because the bullets firing off i it actually Felt like my ears were bleeding. Listen to that. <laughs> Those bullets went out of the screen and hit my eardrum, and my ears started to bleed, and I started to cry. It was horrid. <laughs> it was absolutely horrid. Like, like, I can't recommend anyone go see that movie in a theater. No, it don't. Sucks. Do not go see that movie in theaters. Like, wait until it turns up. Wait until you're doing your laundry, and it turns on on TNT or Fox and just watch it then like you'll be better off. You can turn the, you have direct volume control for this movie. Yeah. And while we're on the subject of just things that were, I think fundamentally broken with this movie, um, the nighttime scenes, uh, that were like nighttime fight scenes specifically. Mm -hmm. I couldn't parse anything that was happening on that screen. It was, it was, so, it was so dark. And I, I was actually squinting at times because there were not only was just the the choreography was weak in in a lot, especially like I'm thinking like the earlier fight scenes. I was gonna say it's not just that it, the movie was super dark. I just thought the cinema this movie not only was it a testament to like just how bad like cinema sound can be. It's also a testament of how important great lighting and cinematography is for a movie, especially in the first half of the film. Uh, yeah, the yeah like the shots and the lighting was so dry and boring there was nothing interesting it felt like a straight to dvd tier like lighting yeah and i mean and the writing was that way too but i i, I think it was literally there was a scene that i laughed at because it was right at the start will smith is laying down on his stomach he's sniping a dude and they the shot that they choose is a wide shot from behind him like on the ground and he is just freaking spread eagle. Like, and so you're just seeing just like this shot of like very dull color, just like dull blue and dull green. And then you have Will Smith's butt here 
just like spread open and it was i just was like what is this shot it was just like it was so light there was no interesting lighting dynamics there like no shading or shadows it was just a very static bright shot the cinematography there was nothing lined up it was just a very wide shot of just an open field you're like and so many of those shots were like that where there's nothing interesting going on in the background it's just sand or it's just ocean how much and not even pretty ocean it's just like gross gray ocean how much it was blue screen like blue or green screen because i i literally multiple scenes when they were like out on islands i was like or when even when they're on the college campus i was like this looks green screen i don't know if it had to do with the technology they're using or something but it it looked bad it a lot of it just looked bad and it looked boring and in that same sequence you were talking about with uh that random wide shot of will smith's ass it was just like it was just for no reason whatsoever because the whole movie's full screen for no reason whatsoever a random shot of a train of the train yeah. where it like drives yes. by the camera and just switches to widescreen for it's no a, reason or wide angle. It's a random. There's nothing else in the movie that's like this. Nothing else totally. Mm-hmm. It is just a random wide angle lens of this train just going, and it it because it was jarring when it happened and it doesn't make any and it doesn't happen again. It happens in like the first few minutes of the movie, never happens again, and it just sticks out like a sore thumb of like, did that? Did it just switch from widescreen to full screen on us, like in the middle of the yeah. movie? Yeah, it was it was fetching wild. <sighs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I was gonna, you know, and and you kind of mentioned that being the first half. The second half, you have a little bit a little bit better stuff going on there, as far as as far as just lighting goes. Like there were some cool looking shots and like I don't know weird looking where there's these really nice warm lights and mixed with some really dark areas and really gorgeous stuff there. Um, but as far as the cinematography goes, that's about the beginning and end of it as far as... Yeah, exactly. It's just like, it was just so boring. And a lot of the visuals of this movie in general were just rough, like CGI in the movie. The whole... So you, you described this to me, that this movie was a tech demo, which instantly filled me with just regret because I don't trust tech demo movies. It's... Low, it's low energy, like low effort on like plot and story, and all high effort on showing off what technology does. And so the tech that they were showing off with this movie is this de de aging technology, and like look at this. And this was the, there's an article that was great with this title. This movie showed off their de aging technology and served and served as the greatest testament of why it should never be used again. They just need to scrap it and throw it into the ocean. It was bad. It was, it was bad. bad. They, okay, well, there were a couple scenes. I don't scenes. want to say that, want to say that either. Like, yeah. when it was dark. Yes, when it was dark. It looked great. I, I was actually thought the de-aging technology looked really good. But then, right at the end of the movie, they flipping blew it. Dude. Like, during that final scene oh of the movie gosh. they blew it on it's that like he's de-aging. walking around it, it genuinely looks like will smith is walking around having a conversation with like an nba 2k 18 character yeah like it looks like a video game character from like the like early like current generation it is this close like if you look carefully you'll think you'll see like a character like like a CGI glitch where it's like, the, <laughs> like in the 2K games when like yeah. I bugs out and just goes. Yeah, it. There's um the second that he that thing has to that thing I, I but genuinely <laughs> that thing the, whatever the, the heck second, that is the second it has to act, 
the way that they like it's like they take the emotion slider and they like kind of did this with it so you're like well we need to really show that like because it was a tech demo right mm -hmm. so like we need to show that this thing is t sad and to show that it's upset so we're just going to crank this up and it, it looks like if you watch like an unreal engine 4 tech demo where like it's like some guy looking into the camera and, and like like you know like doing this and stuff like there's times where it's just like yo faces don't look that way like no. like i could i almost have to wonder how much of it was the de-aging issue and how much of it was just um it the look of it reminded me a lot of um the characters in like like in like alita battle angel like i genuinely think that alita battle angel with the giant eyes and all that jazz looked more set in that environment than in this movie like i it was way more believable to me um which is crazy because of how wild looking that character is it still looked more natural and organic mm -hmm. i mean and and it's um we look at human faces all day they talk about this all the time of just the the valley right right of just like it gets to the point where you're gonna see it and everyone looks at faces all day and they know when something's just barely off but man, it was bad. Like it was. it was bad. And there was so much like really rough CGI. One of the things yeah. that ticked me off the most oh. in that and maybe because we didn't see this in three D and like yeah. like high full res, whatever, all that like one hundred and twenty hertz. Yeah, the one hundred and twenty hertz. Um, we didn't see it like that. And some people said, Wow, that was incredible. Like just visually yeah. it was incredible. We saw it just in the theater regularly. Um, there was that catacomb fight. Um, that might, that probably would have been much nicer looking with that 3d and like higher resolution. It also would have looked better if they just would have used an actual actor for that. Yeah. Okay. The one I have to compare this to a movie, one of my favorite action movies of all time, or just action series of all time. And you might know what I'm thinking of when I say action series, I have to go with John wick, right? Oh, of course. The John wick series. And it's just so striking the difference between the two because John wick at least as far as I know, sticks with just like practical stunts as much as possible. And it's better off for it. The fight scenes and the choreography in that film is incredible. Like the, the fights move quick too. John Wick's like flying around, throwing punches, tossing knives and shooting people left and right. Like about like 30 people die in like a minute in a John Wick movie. And so it moves quick, but it's all natural and it looks great and it feels great. And you can feel like the adrenaline rush. And then there's this catacomb fight between the two, which is all CGI. And you can tell the way it moves, the way they fight is so CGI. It's ridiculous. No one fights that quickly and it sticks it's, out like a sore thumb. It's intense. Like I, like I actually kind of was digging the insane pace of it. Cause mm -hmm. it did feel kind of surreal. Just how it was just like, gah, 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 like just like wild looking, but it didn't look like human. Like it, it didn't look it like, looked humans. like it, you know what it immediately reminded me of was it reminded me of, uh, that final fight scene in black Panther. Yeah. Where it just was like, that that scene in Black Panther is some of the worst CGI I've seen in a long time. Yes. And I, I, I think, I mean, it it was like in an otherwise incredible movie. And in that, it stood out to me that badly. And this was already in a scene with, in a movie with pretty bad special effects throughout it. And to then have this fight scene where it's like, look, two blurry Will Smiths fighting in the dark. It's not hard to get a stand-in for that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like... 
but but instead they're like, no, we we got to really show off this tech, I guess. And so they just put in the CGI, and so you have this blurry looking CGI Will Smith, like which doesn't even look like Will Smith. It just looks like this black mass kind of moving. And it's just moving. Like you can kind of tell that it might be people that it's supposed to resemble that are fighting, but it's just like a mass moving around because it's already a dark scene. And like you said, it's so hard to see. And it's just these two CGI'd Will Smiths fighting each other. And it's just, it's, it could have been a really cool scene. Like the intensity was there and it's just, they, it just looked really bad. And I like what you said where it's like, they're supposed, it looks like, they're supposed to be humans that are fighting. This whole movie is like that. This movie, and I'm transitioning with this to like the writing and the pacing of the movie, which was horrendous. This felt like a movie. This, what is it that I described it as? Um, this was like an alien watched and tried to make an action movie. <laughs> Uh-huh. This felt like a movie <laughs> that an alien watched. This felt like an alien watched as many like action movies as they could and just studied like the genre and then said, you know what? We are going to make an action movie. Yeah, there, there are a couple moments in that movie that I think are actually genuine, like two moments in that movie. I literally wrote in my notes, good bike fight, Gatling scene good. I, it just the, so those there are two scenes. One involves a uh, a fight scene in which it is ridiculous. Like it may like it is such a dumb scene, but dumb action when it wants to be dumb and it leans into that. I'm like, all right, let's go for it. Like and so there is a scene where uh, where little Will Smith, little Will Smith here, comes riding up on his dirt bike and then kicks his dirt bike out and freaking slaps Will Smith across the face with his dirt the back wheel of his dirt bike and then gets back do you remember when that happens yeah it was like the best it was like freaking oh my gosh it was so dumb and i was like this is great give me more of this because yeah. if it's gonna be a cheesy bad action movie just be a go, cheesy just bad go action. full in don't take yeah. yourself so right seriously. and along with the story the amount of times where i i i, I there were times i could have fallen asleep during this movie because mm-hmm. there, there are times where that movie sits down and decides to give you exposition for five to 10 minutes of them just sitting in a car talking. And it's literally, it's not just them like building characters. It's them talking about like the fundamental, like, yeah, this happened to him. And then this happened to him. And then this happened to him. And then, and then this happened to him. And that happens like three, four times during that movie. Gosh, that happened. There's so much ridiculous writing. The pacing, the writing of this movie just felt so, so weak. It was like, this was an Ang, this was an Ang Lee movie. <laughs> Remember that Ang Lee did this, like, yeah, Academy Award, like yeah. Ang Lee, yep. did this movie. So there, there is a another scene that I just that I there's thought was so many, really funny. There's so many great scenes. Like, yeah, there really are. I, I'm gonna go say your scene because I have a list of great scenes great. and moments that are uh, just like ridiculous. I think you're gonna talk about you're gonna talk about the Gatling scene. No. At all? Okay. So I actually thought that Gatling scene was, uh, it felt the way that the camera zooms into the face of the dude on the Gatling gun and then kind of goes out. And then there, it is this intense slow motion scene in which you just have this convenience store getting shredded to death for like way too long. Like it lasts, it's like a single shot and it lasts for like, like maybe a minute of just slow motion. This place just getting torn apart 
and there's no reason for that to be that long but i kind of loved it it felt like this random spark of just like insane just like we're just gonna like almost like a jet like that judge dread uh remake where everything was in slow motion a lot of the yeah. time like it was that just indulgent and insane and i was like you know what like this is cool like sure and it was practical and it was wild looking but uh anyways that was the only other scene i enjoyed in this movie this is just a list of just some of the dumbest scenes that i saw from the movie um trying to go sorry i'm just thinking of some yeah you're good um early on in the movie will smith is in his house blatantly puts a coca-cola can onto the table like lines it up perfectly and everything this movie is definitely sponsored by coca-cola just like like i want to hide my fat cat's cup <laughs> like i'm really self-conscious about that i'm gonna put it down there we are not sponsored by fat cats yet but it's like he so blatantly puts this Coca-Cola can down. And we started laughing because it's like, oh, there it is. The product placement in the middle of the film. There's that. There's a scene where um, Will Smith goes out to dinner with Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character. And they're sitting there. And Will Smith is giving a monologue about something. And the shot stays on Mary Elizabeth Winstead for almost that entire speech and does not cut. And it's not like she's reacting. She's just like. Yeah. As, as he is talking like that. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. yeah, he is talking about this. She's not reacting. Like if she was reacting like strongly, like, Oh, whoa, huh? That would be fine. She's maybe. just sitting but there she's just like waiting for the next line. Like, Yeah. It's just, she's just sitting there and it doesn't cut away. Cut back to Will Smith. What are you doing? The way they handled her in general was kind of uncomfortable. I'll just say like it, she just felt like such a, for, for her character being potentially as interesting as she could have been. Um, there were so many times in that movie where it just felt like I just, I didn't see a reason for her character to be there. Yeah. Genuinely, genuinely. It felt, like it felt like he needed someone to save. And, and it that's felt like part that of, was the only And that is why. part of the pacing problem. There were so many characters in this movie that's like, they want you to like, be like, oh no. But it's like, you knew him for like 10 seconds or like they were there and they didn't do anything. Like at the end of the movie, one of the major character dies. I didn't even realize he died. I was like, what? It's just like, because they get in a big bus, like, car crash or whatever yeah the car blows up you don't see him. dude that guy died he did that's why you didn't see him for the rest of the movie yeah, yeah. don't you remember because the car crashes and like you don't you don't you don't know you just see people jump out you don't even get a shot of who jumped out there's no shot lingering that like he stayed in the car there's no shot of him like uh hurt and injured but all all you get to realize he's dead is a um they jump out of the car. The car's burning. Will Smith stands up and he goes, Baron, no. And then the van blows up a second time for good measure. <laughs> <laughs> and then later on, he says that he was settling Baron's estate. And it's like, oh, he died. Cool. I, I know it sounds like a big deal that I like missed the death of That's the character. That's the problem. But I, the fact that you missed it proves my point. That, that it, there was no... like. He's just such an unessential comic relief character that did absolutely Which sucks nothing. Which because that's a, those are both great actors. Yeah, great actors. Benedict Wong is Incredible. a great Benedict. This was Benedict Wong's character. He's a great actor, and he just was nothing but comic relief and not did nothing. There was no build for his character. Most of the characters didn't have that. One character had all of maybe like 
10 lines in the movie and was killed and it was supposed to be tragic. And you're like, huh? If, like, this is why I say it feels like an alien watched action movies and tried to recreate it. Because the pacing was all there for, like, a action movie arc. But everything was so rushed at the start that, like, you build no connection to what's happening to these characters. Worthless, like, dialogue just describing, like, this happened that you're falling asleep towards. It was, like, really bad. And then there's just, like, these ridiculous scenes. Like, the very Russian man. Dude. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> this oh my man gosh. was very, very Russian. Dude, and he really wanted you to know he was Russian. Like, he, <laughs> he really that, wanted you that to know. That was, like... That this man was... Oh this was gosh. a very Russian man. Yeah, that was some, like... The acting in that... It was some Tommy Wusso. Like, it wasn't quite Tommy Wusso. No. It was close. It was really it close. It was gen especially at the start of it cuz it felt like he kind of got into the the vibe of it towards the end, but it was some real like close to that. Uh no, and we're, we we're also there is a part in this movie in which she says to Will Smith's character uh yeah, I you know, what was it her dad or her her yeah, her dad had passed away. Yeah, she was like, "Oh, this happened." He was like, "Why did you never do this?" And she's like, "Oh, you know, like my dad passed away." And he Oh, went, sorry about that. And he goes, "Oh, sorry about that." And then keeps talking. Like yeah. they just talk over that completely, like and there was zero so sympathy. There was zero a lot empathy. of scenes like early on, there's like he was asleep, I think probably having a yeah dream, and they have a flashback never discussed again with some horrendous acting yeah from, like who's supposed to be his father like maybe i don't know i don't know it was never talks about his father but his father's doing something scummy and he never talks about I it i think i remarked to you at one point because it was true that there were a couple times during the movie where it felt like the actors and actors were seriously in two rooms mm -hmm. like doing like especially there's one where it's uh the bad guy and the i don't even no, the lady in the pantsuit and they're and they are like st standing in the sitting in the same room having a conversation back and forth and she is sitting here like this and every time she is just staring down the barrel of the camera with every line that she says for, at, with like a a mid-long shot and it's just is just weird it was just mm -hmm. and he she her line her acting was bad it was just, yeah it was rough but like I just am not a Will Smith fan. People seem to like him a lot and think he's a star. I haven't seen a movie that he I really enjoyed that he was in in a long time. He has charisma, but he's one of those actors that he bides by on his charisma and just takes whatever like crappy project he can. I don't know who his agent is, but it's yeah. it's like every he has not been he in a just, good movie for so long. He feels like Johnny Depp Part Two, where it's like. Just this actor that gets everywhere, and everyone's like, yeah, I love this guy. And it's like, his movies are bad. He hasn't been in a good movie in years. Jo last good Johnny Depp movie was Black Mass. Like and, Black even Mass. Then, and even then, it was only a movie carried by the fact that he actually wanted to put in effort for that film. So it's just it's just not a good movie. And like he his charisma helped at points. And like the movie, I was able to laugh at it and enjoy parts, but it was just, it was not a good film. Yeah. And so the clone I need ethics to thing you. was kind of interesting, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, I need, I need to ask yes, you. Yes, please. Let's, let's, yeah, let's, put this, let's stop let's talking this about thing this movie. In. What do you, where do you rate this scale of one to 10? I, I can go first if you want, because I have my rating go, pretty much yeah. set. I'm giving it a four. I'll give it a four because like I was able like there are movies I see that are bad and I walk out mad like Suicide Squad is a one is a movie that I'd give a one 
there's like no redeeming qualities except for like a couple like okay i liked a few performances but i walked out mad there are movies i walk out just bored at least i was able to find entertainment in this movie with how bad it was but it is not a good movie you should not pay money to go see this in by any stretch of the imagination skip this until it like comes to like red box or something and even then see there's something better there yeah uh yeah i i have to go four i was thinking about giving it a three but after after you brought up suicide squad uh and also then i thought about batman versus superman and i was like at least it's not that so i'm gonna give it a i'm gonna give it a four yeah Yeah. it it was bad it was bad but at least we were able to have fun watching this movie when i wasn't uh covering my ears (laughs) <laughs> yeah, for sure. And so that's all we got to really say about Gemini Man. There's not really much more I want to say about Gemini, Gemini Man. I'm glad we, I'm glad we got to get through this. Never speak about Gemini Man again. No. So once again, thank you guys so much for joining into the show. Next week we're having our very special spooky Halloween episode. We are currently in discussions on movies to discuss. I think the plan right now is for us to both of us to come up with our own movie and then we'll mutually agree on a third and we'll do like three mini horror reviews horror movie reviews or at least just halloween movie I, and, reviews. and you know they're gonna be old so less reviews and more reflections more kind of like yeah. Oh, yeah i'm sure you're gonna have a great time because you were mentioning you're not a big horror fan i i love horror in its essence i am very bad with jump scares like i get that horribly bad with jump scares and i will go full in depth on my hatred of jump scares cool, cool. on yeah. next week's show great. and so we just want to thank you guys again so much for listening um if you if you're listening to us on spotify or youtube you can find us on either or the other we are on spotify and anchor.fm which is published every saturday we are on youtube which is published every wednesday and we have a few others. I can't remember which ones, but we have a few other shows that are uh, that we a few other channels that we're uh, just about to get published on, which is really exciting. Wonderful. So thank you guys so much for listening, and be sure to tune in next week for our very fun Halloween episode. And we will talk to you guys again next week.